Good morning. Our scripture reading today is um, in the book of Proverbs. Uh, We'll be reading um, from chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 1 through 7. So turn there with me if you would. Again, that's Proverbs chapter 1. We'll be reading the first seven verses. If you don't have a Bible and you're going to use a Bible underneath a chair near you, it should be on page 527. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, King of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, I'm wondering how many of you here this morning ever wrestle with knowing what is best to do in a particular situation. Uh, for, for me, there is not a day that goes by without me thinking or asking, what, what in the world should I do here? What, what should I do or say in this particular situation? Uh, certainly husbands and wives who learn to live together need help um, 24-7. Children need wisdom in choosing friends and making decisions about career and marriage. All of us need wisdom to know how to work through problems um, and conflict with family and extended family. We all need help. We need much help. Um, Life has many daily responsibilities. There are things that pop up and things that occur again and again where we don't know what to do, where to live, where to work, how to budget our money, how to be a citizen of God's kingdom and a citizen of this country all at the same time. Again and again, I'm faced with the problem of needing to know what to do or say. I need wisdom. And it's not that I don't have ideas that come to my mind about what to do or say. Um, I I need to know, and most of the time I desire to know what God would want me to do or say. I need God's wisdom. Thankfully, God delights in giving wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. God wants you to have wisdom. He loves to be generous in giving wisdom. You you can ask God for wisdom without the fear of him criticizing you for not knowing what to do or say. Just like there are no dumb questions, there is never a bad time to ask God for wisdom. But this prayer for wisdom that James 1.5 talks about uh, isn't like a magic wand that 
makes wisdom appear out of thin air. Uh, We must search for it as for a hidden treasure. We must be diligent and hardworking in pursuit of this wisdom. Uh, Laziness will never lead us to God's wisdom. We need to be humble and teachable. We need to seek advice. We need to listen to truth and instruction. We need to depend upon God. We we need to die to self. We need to fear God. All of these things are taught us in this book of Proverbs. In fact, God gave us Proverbs to know wisdom. Chapter 1, verse 2 of Proverbs says just that. This book was written and assembled by Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom. But what is wisdom? Well, the theological word book of the Old Testament says this of wisdom, and I quote, reflected in Old Testament wisdom is the teaching of a personal God who is holy and just and who expects those who know him to exhibit his character in the many practical affairs of life. This perfect blend of the revealed will of a holy God with the practical human experiences of life is also distinct from the speculative wisdom of the Greeks. The ethical dynamic of Greek philosophy lay in the intellect. So if a person had knowledge, he could live the good life, says Plato. Knowledge was virtue. The the emphasis of Old Testament wisdom was that the human will in the realm of practical matters was to be subject to divine causes. Therefore, Hebrew wisdom was not theoretical and speculative. It was practical, based upon revealed principles of right and wrong to be lived out in daily life, end of quote. Uh, Gordon Fee offers a succinct and helpful definition of wisdom. When we ask the question, what is wisdom? I like what Gordon Fee says, and I'll be using it uh, quite often as we go through this new study in Proverbs. Gordon Fee says, wisdom is the ability to make godly choices in life. The ability to make godly choices in life. A, A godly choice is a thought, desire, attitude, word, action, uh, response that reflects the moral character of God, all for the praise of God's glory and not, not our own. And so wisdom is the ability, or it's the learned skill, to make those godly choices in the practical details, the nitty-gritty details of everyday life. Um, Gordon Fee will go on to emphasize that to make godly choices in life, a person must know and think and act according to truth. And this is what God reveals. Now, the ESV study Bible also offers a, a helpful definition. It's similar, but this is what the ESV study Bible says about wisdom. It's the skill in the art of godly living. 
Uh, Grant Osborne describes one who is wise by saying, one who learns to live in the world with God's guidance, guidance and help. So, when, when we come to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is really made up of three basic sections. The, the middle section, chapters 10 through 29, contain what we mostly think of when we think of the book of Proverbs. It's many short, pithy, memorable statements which reveal wisdom in various areas of life. Um, most of these are either written by or collected by Solomon. So that's chapters 10 through 29. And chapters 30 through 31 contain several promises uh, or poems, excuse me, several poems by Agur or N. Lemuel. And these highlight the attractiveness of wisdom. But in chapters 1 through 9, written by Solomon, here we find the appeal of a father to his son to avoid folly and to pursue wisdom. So Solomon the father is writing to his son. He's appealing to him to avoid folly, pursue wisdom. Solomon wants his son to live a life blessed by God, a life that is successful in God's eyes, and not experience a life of ruin that folly would bring. Now, uh, when we walk through our study, we're going to go through chapters 1 through 9, in chapters 29 through 30, expositionally, you know, paragraph by paragraph. Chapters 10 through 29, uh, there's just a, you can rest assured, we won't go verse by verse through all of that. I'm going to instead pick out key themes and develop some key themes that we see throughout that section where Solomon gives wisdom. Now, the many Proverbs found in the book of Proverbs are generally true. Uh, you, you could say they are always ultimately true, but only normally true now. Proverbs are not an ironclad promise. They are not always immediately true. They, they are not law. They are not a legal guarantee from God. They, they are not prophecy. Um, a proverb should not be treated as, thus says the Lord, and therefore we know that it will be 100% so. so. They, proverbs are generally true. So, take an example, Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now that's generally true, but not always. So, sometimes you will give a gentle word, but still face someone's anger. But, but the point of the proverb is this, a wise person should aim to give a gentle word to avoid unnecessary conflict. Um, that, that would be the best thing to do in most situations. Proverbs 22.6 is another one. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's generally true, but not always. Uh, and too often parents 
become disappointed with God when their adult children show no love for God. And they think, after all, I, I taught them well. I brought them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Therefore, I can, I can claim the promise that they will not depart from the Lord. But Proverbs are not promises. They give advice on how to be a godly parent. The, the ultimate results are in God's hands. Another Proverbs in Proverbs 28:13 says, "Whoever conceals his sin will not prosper, and he who confesses it and renounces it shall obtain mercy." Again, th- this proverb is generally true, but not always true. The, the world, in fact, is filled with many foolish people who see, seem to always prosper while many righteous people experience many apparent setbacks in their life. And this, in fact, is why the church needs all of wisdom literature, not just Proverbs. Proverbs gives wisdom. Proverbs teaches you how to make godly choices in life. And generally speaking, there are good results, but not always. So what do we do then? This is when we need other portions of wisdom literature, such as psalms. Portions of psalms are considered wisdom literature. Psalm 73 expresses Asaph's struggle when wicked people always seem to prosper. He, He, in fact, was envious to see the wicked prosper and the righteous struggle. But in that psalm, Asaph also reveals a turning point in his life that brought about a good change. Asaph gives wisdom to make godly choices in life, even when the wicked seem to prosper more than the righteous. Or consider Job. Job is part of the Old Testament wisdom literature. Job was righteous and wise, yet suffered greatly. None of his suffering was because of his sin. Proverbs gives wisdom, wisdom that you should embrace, but as you do that, you don't always get the results that you wanted. And this is where Job helps us. Job teaches us how to find comfort in God even when suffering as you've lived a life filled with godly wisdom. Uh, Ecclesiastes is also considered wisdom literature. Ecclesiastes is honest about the many vain and empty things in life. In fact, many times um, we wrestle with how to understand what matters most in life. And in the end, Ecclesiastes teaches us to fear God and keep his commandments. So there there may be many things in life that don't make sense and you don't understand, but know this, and and here's godly advice that comes from uh, Ecclesiastes, fear God and keep his commandments. So, So Proverbs is part of Old Testament wisdom literature that enables you, teaches you, 
equips you to make godly choices in everyday life. Solomon, again, writes as a father that is urging his son to walk in wisdom, make godly choices in life. Now, as you will remember, Solomon is noted as being the wisest man in the Old Testament. Um, when Solomon became king, he asked God for wisdom. First uh, Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 9 teaches us this. Listen as I read. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept him, kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted. Um, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who, who is able to govern this your great people? Solomon articulated what I often articulate. I don't know what to do. I feel completely unable to do the things that you have called me to do. I need wisdom, and that's what he asks for. And so Solomon is really off to a good start with this particular request. And then in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29 through 39, we read this. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all of the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman and Calcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahal. And his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke... 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005, not 1,006, but 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He also spoke of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all of the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Now, 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, speaks of one such account. Let me read that for you. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test them with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue and with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, 
she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no one more, there was no more breath in, in her. And she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your men, happy are your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. He has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again, never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So things are going well. But when you come to the end of chapter 10 of 1 Kings, we learn that Solomon's life did not end well. Solomon loved many foreign women. In fact, he had over 700 wives. And we're told in Scripture that it was these foreign wives in particular who turned his heart away from the Lord to idols. And tragically, Solomon did not live by the very advice that he gave to his son. And Solomon died with no signs of repenting as his father David did. Solomon, in the end, was not the true son of wisdom. Now, thankfully, as we turn to the New Testament, we learn that Jesus is the true son of wisdom. When, when Jesus was confronting those who always needed more signs to be convinced to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He says this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, and I quote, The Queen of Sheba will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. So Jesus is that something greater than Solomon. Jesus is that something better that Hebrews talks about. Jesus is the true son of wisdom. Now, here is an amazing thing to think about. God the Son, God the Son was actively involved in creating the universe. And 
Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 says that he did that with wisdom. And, and yet, in his incarnation, where the eternal Son of God um, also became a man, in his incarnation, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, Luke 2, 52. So the, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and Jesus learned wisdom and walked in wisdom perfectly. Jesus learned the ability and the skill to make godly choices in life, always. That, that is why our sermon series for Proverbs is titled, Walk with the Wise. Walk with the wise one. Walk with Jesus. Learn from and follow Jesus. Because Jesus is to us wisdom from God. Colossians 2, 3 tells us that in him, in Christ, are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 says that Jesus became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Verse 24 of 1 Corinthians 1 says that Christ is the wisdom of God. So my, my prayer is that our study in Proverbs will influence you to walk with the wise, to live with the wise, live with Jesus, learn from and follow Jesus. And as you do that, you will develop the ability to make godly choices in all of life. Now, let's take just a little bit of time. I want to read again through Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, and just make a few brief comments. Verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. So, Solomon either wrote or collected these many short, pithy, memorable statements revealing godly wisdom. Um, he will also include words from Agur and Lemuel. Um, but the use of these concise proverbs was really not unique to the Hebrews, other nations, Egypt and other nations in the ancient Near East also collected wise sayings. Um, we, we have our own proverbs here in America, such as early to bed, early to rise. You know it well. Very good. Or the early bird gets the, the worm. Or don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Or don't count your chicks before they hatch. There is more than one way to skin the cat. Don't, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Man, you guys are wise. Pe people who live in a glass house shouldn't throw stones. We, we could go on and on. You, you get the point. But what, what was it that made Solomon's Proverbs unique from those of Egypt and other nations in the ancient Near East that make them different unique from the Proverbs that you just spoke of, the wise sayings that you just spoke here. 
Well, Solomon tells us, he answers that question in verses 2 through 7. The Holy Spirit speaks through Solomon for you to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. Solomon writes so that you will develop the ability to make godly choices in life. He writes to give you instructions um, that come from Yahweh. He writes to give you words of insight. Solomon wants you to be wise, to know truth, and to know how to apply that truth rightly in different situations. Let, let me give you an example. Proverbs 26, 4 and 5 says this, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. That's verse 4. The next verse, verse 5, says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So in back-to-back verses, these Proverbs seem to give conflicting and opposite advice. So don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll be like him yourself. And then the opposite, answer a fool according to his folly, so he won't be wise in his own eyes. So which is it? Well, wisdom says it depends. It it depends on the situation. You, You don't need just instruction. You need discernment and insight on how and when to apply truths in particular situations. And it may be different depending upon situations. Solomon goes on in verse 3 to receive, so he's written here to for you so that you can receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So Solomon writes to instruct you in wise dealing so that your dealings with people, your interactions with people will be filled with wisdom. And that will include righteousness, justice, equity, and Yahweh gets to define righteousness, justice, and equity. And we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. Notice too in verse 4 that Solomon writes, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Uh, We're going to hear a number of different terms often throughout Proverbs. One of those terms are fools. The the simple are different than fools. Uh, Fools had developed patterns of living according to selfish and indulgent whims and who acknowledge no higher authority than themselves. But the, the simple aren't so entrenched in bad habits. They are a bit more of an open book, just immature and maybe a bit careless. Uh, Solomon writes to give prudence to the simple. There, there is hope for the simple to gain wisdom. But also, verse 5 and 6, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. This, in fact, was Jesus as a young boy who grew in wisdom. As a wise man, he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Proverbs isn't just for the simple. It doesn't just expose 
the, the folly of fools, Solomon writes, so that the wise will gain more and more wisdom. But lest you think gaining wisdom comes from merely gaining more knowledge or insight, verse 7 helps us to see clearly that gaining wisdom is built on a relationship, a relationship with Yahweh. And I think this is where King Solomon really went south. The the holy and all-powerful God who redeemed Israel from slavery in Egypt and who sent Jesus to redeem you, says this. Verse verse 7 makes it clear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you are a fool, you don't fear God. You don't care about God. You care only about yourself. And you will hate wisdom and instruction. But it is the fear of Yahweh that will prepare your heart to grow in knowledge. Or as chapter uh, 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you fear God, you have utmost reverence for Him. You you know that He deserves to have first place in your life. He deserves to have the place of preeminence in your life. He deserves to be your first love. You, You know He deserves to be central and most important in all that you do. He alone deserves your worship and devotion. Your allegiance in life is first and foremost to God. You trust Him. You have a right relationship with Him. You aren't afraid of God because He's bad. You you have utmost reverence for Him because He is so good. Isaiah saw the holiness of God and was undone because of his sin, but God revealed his greatness by providing atonement for Isaiah's sin. And this act of mercy led Isaiah to join the angels in worship, uh, to, to orient his entire life around Yahweh. The, the Lord's Greatness led Isaiah to fear the Lord, to worship the Lord, to be devoted to the Lord first and foremost. This is the heart and life that is ready to grow in wisdom. Um, I'm excited for these next weeks and months to walk through this book of Proverbs with you. And it is my prayer that um, this heart and life that is ready to grow in wisdom will become, in fact, a a, a reality in an ever-increasing way in our lives together. Um, So one one practical thing that I want to just encourage you to do, um, something that I've done over the years from time to time, but I think it would be a good exercise for us to do together as a church. Um, there are 31 chapters 
in Proverbs. I would encourage you, whatever day of the month it is, to read that chapter of Proverbs that day. And just do that throughout the month, every day. One, one chapter of Proverbs at least a day. Let's do that together and let's see what kind of interaction we can have with one another as we learn from this book of Proverbs together um, so that we can grow in our ability to make godly choices um, in the very nitty-gritty details of, of life. Let's, let's pray together. Father in heaven, um, we are grateful to you for Jesus, the true son of wisdom. And we are thankful that, Lord, we have an opportunity as a church, a, a people who have been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. We, we have an opportunity to live every day with the hope of, of glory. We know that day is coming when we'll be in your presence, but we also have the opportunity every day to grow in wisdom, to learn how to make decisions that, that are godly decisions, learn how to make godly choices in the many facets of life. And we confess that there are, there are many situations day after day where we, we're in, we're in situations where we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say, and we, we cry out and we, we ask you for wisdom. And I pray that you would put a hunger in our hearts to search for wisdom as we would a treasure. I pray that we would be a people that are teachable, um, that are humble, that look to you for answers. I pray, Father, that we would be a people that know that wisdom really comes from you. Wisdom comes from living in a right relationship with you that we can only do through Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us as a church, individually and collectively, to grow, to grow in wisdom. And, Father, I pray that as a result of that, um, your work would just manifest your greatness, that the world would see your work in us, see uh, the reality of Jesus living uh, in us. May it produce the kind of life that would bring honor and glory to your name. So Father, teach us, I ask, um, fill us with wisdom, um, Change our lives so that more and more things that we say and things that we do reflect the character of Christ for the praise of your glory. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.